At 1 p.m. HST, I know where I will be. Ukulele Underground Podcast for you and me. Aldrin and Erin and Kahai. And maybe Magic Mike or a guest on the fly. Ukulele Underground Podcast. Now here's the guys. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Thursday Ukulele on the Ground podcast. My name is Aldrin Guerrero, joined by Mr. Aaron, the voice, Nakamura. Say, what's up, Aaron? What's up? And Mr. Kahai, the legend, Ferguson. What's, what's up, up? Kahai? All right. Oh, <laughs> eager. Oh, so, so excited, Kahai. <laughs> oh, and the one, the only, Mr. Magic Mike. What's up, man? Welcome back to the show. Hi, guys. Hey, round of applause, okay, Magic you. Mike. <laughs> what's up, man? Like what's, you know? like, what's up? <laughs> what's, like, how's it going? Bro, life, bro. Life. <laughs> how's it going? You all right? Yes, I'm doing just fine. You all right? You good? Just working and playing music and, nice. you know, staying upright. That's it, all, that's all yeah. I always, I just think of Mike as like the Green Ranger where like the, you know, like the Power Rangers are fine by like just the five of them. But then like with Tommy there, it's like, oh yeah, it's unstoppable. You know what I mean? Like you are like the you Tommy a, to this web, uh, to this to this podcast. Do you have a, a flute, Mike, yeah. to, <laughs> to call you? I'm trying to think yeah. if I actually have uh, one in my car. Oh, <laughs> it's not a dragon flute, is it? And then you you're going to go to a much lamer white tiger. Oh white. yeah, I think we're going. Uh, <laughs> Dragon is the best. <laughs> yeah, there's a white tiger business. <laughs> ah, Siegfried over here. <laughs> What's up, everyone? In this show, we answer any and all of your ukulele questions. And since Magic Mike is here, we're going to be answering some uh, some music theory, some music in general kind of questions. So uh, I, I can answer all the ukulele-related stuff. If you have any music-related questions, Mike would be the person to ask that. All right. So uh, this is kind of a surprise. So I don't I don't expect like there to be, you know, like pre- um, uh, pre-sifted questions for Mike, but we're gonna take whatever we can from the live chat because we are live. It is the uh, Ukulele Ground live podcast. So hi, we are live, right? There's a there's mm-hmm. a live chat and all that good stuff. Yep. Right on. So why don't we get started? Kahai, give me the first question, please. Uh, yeah. Uh, so this one is from Izzy. Izzy. Uh, and they said, uh, my question is, when buying ukuleles, how much of a distinguishing feature is a tone wood? versus the actual builder and build style. I feel like when I hear a Kanilea or Koaloha, regardless of the woods used, it sounds like that brand first to me before I notice the nuances of tone wood. Very good question for our guest because he deals with selling ukuleles and guitars and (laughs) stuff. So every day that he works. Yeah, why don't you give us your answer (laughs) for this? Because I mean, and then I'll, I'll, I'll put in my two cents after, you know, but go ahead. Okay. well, you know, she's asking whether or not it's tone wood versus construction. I would say mm-hmm. with almost any musical instrument, the construction method mm-hmm. has a lot to do with it. Mm-hmm. So if you were to have a kamaka here and you were to pull the front mm-hmm. off and look at the bracing pattern, yeah, it's uh, very different. It's like the three uh, three straight rods going down. Mm-hmm. With Kanilea, they have the two that with the with the um, the triangles cut out. Used to be the holes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now it's triangles cut out, mm-hmm. and well, basically what all that's doing is it's changing vibration patterns. Mm-hmm. So if you, so it's it's really making the wood vibrate in different ways because mm-hmm. the heavier bracing, you're muting certain frequencies and you're letting other ones kind of pop out more. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if I, if I had to choose between the two as far as what I'm looking for, I would look for an ukulele maker that makes an ukulele the way, that sounds the way I like it first. 
and then if possible, then get other variations thereof to, mm -hmm. to see tone wood. Mm -hmm. So for example, we have this beautiful ukulele here, which has a spruce wood top, and we have the, the teaching ukulele over there, which has a koa wood top. Now, they're both made by the same company, and they both... <laughs> that's your, that's <laughs> your, that's your screen which, cap. <laughs> which uh, huh? bracing do they have in there? Uh, just the, the regular the one with, with the holes, yeah. Okay, yeah. so that one's the holes, that one has the triangle, mm -hmm. the triangle bracing. So that's going to influence the sound of the ukulele mm. far more than the fact that that's spruce or that's koa, in my mm. opinion. <laughs> now, the thing would be that once you find that if you like, like he does, obviously, <laughs> if you like the way Kanilea builds their ukuleles to get that sound, mm. then for more subtle changes in the tone, then you would move to a koa top versus a spruce top versus a mahogany top mm. or something like that. Mm -hmm. But uh, the way uh, Izzy's talking about it, and that is what I would do. I would find uh, a line of ukuleles that tend to have a sound in general that kind of sticks out to you that you mm. enjoy. Mm. And then you can kind of narrow the field down by saying, okay, let me try coal wood with a satin finish or coal wood with a gloss finish, mm. spruce with a gloss, spruce with a satin, mahogany, or I mean, any other top they tend to use. I mean, nowadays, now, now, I mean, when I was a kid, koa wood was the only thing I ever <laughs> thought of as a, you know, was a new clay. It was made out of koa. Either koa or yeah. not koa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> koa or plastic. Pretty, 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 you know, yeah. pretty much. Yeah. So um, nowadays, I feel mm. like there's almost no wood they haven't tried yet, mm. you know, except mm. maybe, I don't know, balsa wood or something. Mm. But, uh, <laughs> but that's, that, that would not be suited for building ukuleles. <laughs> probably not. Yeah. Unless, unless your idea is to be like the honky tonk man and have a blue one for a wrestling show. Yeah. If that's your goal, then that ukulele will work just fine. Build me a uke out of the deku tree. I found out that for a honky tonk man, they removed some of the bracing. They would have to. They would have to. Because I think, I mean, this is a little bit of, so here we are on a side note. So one of the heat between Jake the Snake and Honky Tonk Man uh -huh. is that if you watch the video of that happening, mm -hmm. that guitar does not, when he whacks Jake in the side of the head, yeah. he was actually supposed to hit him in the back and he hit him in the head. Uh -huh. And that guitar does not give way. Yeah. So they, <laughs> so they may have, said, is this almost wrestling podcast? Yeah. We're getting I there. love this. Um, <laughs> and and th that's where the heat comes from because mm. Jake feels like because they had heat with each other, Honky Tonk Man didn't actually remove as much of the brace as you did, mm. so it would be a harder impact. Uh -huh. But the thing was, when he hit him in the head that hard, he actually like fractured a couple vertebrae. Was is, that his responsibility to take out the, the bracing though? Isn't Honky that Tonks? Like, yeah. yeah. Or, that or like was the, it the, the manager? Company? Yeah. Oh. You know. Yeah. <laughs> what up? Jimmy Hart, Jimmy Hart says they did. But I don't know. I've seen that video. Like if you compare a Honky Tonk Man guitar hit mm -hmm. and you hear that. When you when he hits Jake in the head with it, you can actually hear a tone, <laughs> like a resonant tone. Brings it about a G sharp. <laughs> and because of that, it tells me that mm. the guitar was actually still heavier braced, mm. yeah. because there was enough of it there to actually act like a drum first yeah, before yeah. it broke. Compare that to say late two thousands WCW Jeff Jarrett when he would use those guitars, and they had all the bracing pretty much pulled out, mm -hmm. and they used actually very. Uh, light woods. Yeah. So when he would hit people with that, that thing would just explode into yeah, a million shatter. pieces. But at the same time, 
he could hit someone in the head full blast, and it really, it really, it was like getting hit in the head with styrofoam. Uh, so, so it wouldn't have rung out. It, it, at it all. wouldn't have rung out like that. You, it, when you hear that one, you hear thunk, mm-hmm. and you hear Jeff Garrett, you hear crash. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you just hear wood exploding. Mm-hmm. So. Who knows? There are yeah. conspiracy theories. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're gonna get a call from Mr. McMahon for like for you know, exposing the uh, the wrestling business, the wrestling, the wrestling business. A and E has already taken care of that story. <laughs> oh yeah, Dark Side. Oh, not Dark Side. No, that's Vice. A and E does. Hit, wrestling's hidden treasures. Oh, yeah, that's right. Where yeah. they go looking for all the men. <laughs> so one of the ones they did was finding... Talky Talks. And, and, the one that he one, hit. Uh... Well, he tried to hit the one with... He tried to find the one that he hit Jake with, and they can't mm. find that one. Mm. The one they actually found was way more destroyed. So it might have been a later guitar after they pulled even more bracing out of it. Mm-hmm. Because that thing, like, the pretty much the whole top was missing and the whole back mm-hmm. was missing. Mm-hmm. So that kind of tells me, it's like, okay, that was lightened. Mm-hmm. So when he hit that person, it, it went mm-hmm. everywhere. <laughs> Okay, well, you know, um, so she's asking about like tone, tonal differences yeah. and stuff, and I think, you know, you're absolutely right. They each each company does have like a signature sound to it. You know, like when you play a kamaka, um, regardless of you know what kind of wood that kamaka has, it has a certain characteristic and it has a certain I don't know like amount of hertz that it occupies, like regardless <laughs> of you know like a. Regardless of, of of the materials, um, and it definitely differs from say like a koaloha. So when you know uh, when you play a koaloha, it's got like this kind of brightness to it. Mm-hmm. It definitely occupies a different you know like a different hertz than uh, than the kamaka does. And the kanilea for me has a bit more warmer tones. It's not quite as bright as the as the koaloha. So that's definitely you know like a, a different part of the spectrum as well. So it just really depends on what you're going for, um, and, and like. Like Mike said, you can further fine tune it by um, by deciding on which materials to use. So, for example, for myself, uh, my baseline is Kanilea because Kanilea has that that warm tone that I'm looking for. I'm a very aggressive player, so if uh, if I'm aggressive with the strings, I want the sound to be a little bit more on the warmer, darker side, so that if I go to town on it, like it's not going to be too much. Like for example, if I played a uh, koaloha, if I played a koaloha and I go as aggressive as I normally do, it would just, you know, it would sound like Jeff Jarrett's guitar. <laughs> Your ears would start bleeding. <laughs> <clears throat> so, you know, like, it, it would just, it would just, like, I, I think it would shatter. Honestly, <laughs> because there's just that unibrace that, that's in there, yeah? yeah? And I'm pretty mm-hmm. rough with my ukuleles. So, um, I need it to be braced a little bit more, but I do want, you know, um, I, I, I do want resonance. I do want uh, big sound, and that's that's why I, I chose uh, I chose Kanilea because Kanilea delivers that for me each and every time, and and, and I feel like it's it's a tank too. Like I can really dig in, and because um, I've had ukuleles in the past, I've had you know I've I've had a koaloha, I've had a kamaka. My kamaka, you know, it it's still going. My uh, my mother in law uses it for uh, for church now, but. That thing has 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 taken some beatings, but definitely shows. Like it mm-hmm. definitely shows that it's taken some beatings. Whereas like my Kanilea, actually, like unless maybe you know like some kind of rough spots here and there and stuff, but like the, the place where I actually play at, not much. I'm like yeah, pretty I'm surpri- surprised. I'm surprised, surprised. Couple, on yeah. su- especially on the original one that you played for all this. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised you didn't wear the finish off right no, underneath. No, I hole. mean there is a uh, you know there is a uh, clear guard and stuff that I have, but it, you can see that there it, it goes past the guard. 
and that part is not you know is not yeah. that bust up where my kamaka like the, the whole top is just like it's <laughs> yeah. worn out so yeah. i'm like that mika deserves to just sit on a beach somewhere <laughs> and just you know just retire sip the mai tai and, yeah sip the mai tai you know? so mika is is playing at church <laughs> she's yeah. just you know retired. holy 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 now you yeah. know what i mean like retired so my my kamaka is enjoying retirement but with uh yeah so with that said um i went you know with with this combination of ukulele this um, or ukulele tone woods this time around because um i do like that darker you know kind of sound but i want it to be punchier like um i i like and i've always just been a fan of the combination of uh, rosewood back and sides and spruce top that's just like when you you know when you think of of great like flamenco like classical guitars that's just the first combination that comes to mind right like, is there anything else you know that Cedar. That you would think cedar, I guess so. Cedar, so you the more top, punchy, the yeah. tops, the tops would be either cedar or, or cedar or spruce. Those are the real yeah. classic so, tops. You know, so I, I wanted that kind of traditional, but um, I, I also wanted to represent Hawaii for the longest time. So you know, Joe, Susan, and I have just been you know developing all these koa instruments. But then you know, it, he gave me an opportunity to kind of like build your dream ukulele. I'm like, all right, here we go, getting rid of all the koa. And Joe's <laughs> like, ah, oh, okay, you know, like I'm. Love koa, play and represented koa. Still play koa, you know, today. But I want to go to a spruce top and, and see what that does for me. And it's it is different. I don't know if you noticed, but like when when you go to the shows and stuff, I try to contour the sound similar. But this definitely punches a lot more. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So um, I I like that. You know what I mean? Like I've throughout the years, I've learned to kind of hold back and I've learned to control. Like my, um, you know, my my punchiness, my my aggressiveness on on the ukulele. It's a little bit more of a uh, dare I say mature attack now. <laughs> <laughs> like <clears throat> I don't just attack it like a like a wild stallion like I used to. You know, now it's a, it's a tame horse <laughs> that you know that no longer is is sprinting. You know, like so. It, it understands um uh, what is it uh contemporary jazz yeah, now yeah. <laughs> it's a respectable equestrian <laughs> but uh you know it's 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 really that like um i feel like if i had started with this i i feel like my um my maybe my attack would have changed a, a lot you know a lot sooner than uh, than, mm. than it had but then again i don't know like um going you know Playing it, playing say a a cool ukulele, I might have to like make some changes, and it just wouldn't sound as good. But at least like working with cool because cool for me is like right in the middle of the road, where like the you know cedar and spruce are like super duper bright, and we got stuff like mahogany like that are nice and dark and stuff. Yeah. Like what are other darker woods? You know, mahogany. A mahogany would be. Uh, I mean, I've seen people do like. Oh, I mean, mango is pretty popular. But yeah. I think that I think was brown. The ma- ma- I was gonna say mango yeah. really reads bright to me. Yeah. Um, at the high end, honestly, at the high end of ukuleles, unless you're talking about the custom guys, mm-hmm. I really don't see much other than mahogany's core or spruce. It's pretty right. much seems to be mm-hmm. that cedar's like right, yeah, right, coming right up to that. But it's a li- that's a little bit mm-hmm. slightly less common. It's becoming more common on the lower end ones, mm-hmm. which, to be honest, I really do like the sound of like a cedar top ukulele. I mm-hmm. do like the sound mm-hmm. of that, um, just clear and bright enough. But still has that, what I feel is like a, a nice fatter low end, mm-hmm. um, and and also like the uh, the back and sides is gonna you know is definitely oh, gonna absolutely. contour that sound. So you can come, you can start out with like say a super duper bright spruce, but then when you pair it up with something as dark as like, uh, and that's why this combination works, you know, uh, something as dark as rosewood, 
like that mellows it out so much, you yeah. know, because rosewood is such a hard wood. Yeah, that, yeah like, that like balances stiffer, out that spruce. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, brightness comes from uh, uh, the, the, you know, the movement of, of, of the wood, like the vibration. The mm -hmm. more that the wood vibrates, the brighter it's going to be. So if you, uh, you know, if you match it up with such a hard wood that doesn't really vibrate that much, you're, uh, you're getting a pure tone from the, uh, from the top wood instead of like mixing it up the top and the, you know, in the back and sides. So an, an all koa ukulele um, might, you know, you might get resonance from the back and sides as well. Whereas like a uh, spruce top with Brazilian rosewood back and sides, you're getting more of that spruce sound. Yeah. Yeah. And it actually be kind of interesting because you did mention earlier that you, the reason you picked Connie Lee in the first place, because you liked kind of that slightly darker, fuller yeah. sound. Yeah. Comparing the three that I, the, the three or four brand, high end brands that I usually see, mm. which is Island, Kamaka, Kanilea, and Koaloha. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Okay. Um, actually, I find that mm. the, um, the way Joe has it braced, and maybe mm. this would have been an interesting question to ask him. Yeah. Did he, I find that his bracing is heavier. Mm. Because it's a bigger, it's a bigger, it's a bigger piece of wood mm. than the thin strips that uh, Kamaka uses. And I wonder if that helps to lend the kanile its mm. sound because adding more mass there mm. would actually mute some of those higher frequencies yeah. and allow the bigger frequencies to come out mm. and i wonder if that's i wonder if that was intentional i mean i am sure there was a lot of trial and error obviously for everybody mm -hmm. but yeah. i wonder if that's how he reached the sound of his the sound that he wanted for his ukuleles because he would add a slightly heavier brace and it mm. started to turn down that treble knob a little bit mm. and start to up the bass knob and he's like then he's like okay uh -huh. this is where i like it now well, you're talking about like the bracing the the inner bracing yeah yeah, yeah. like yeah. especially the one on the inside of the top but he has like that touch yeah. and go system too. yeah, yeah. So, so it's it is not all the way across it is thicker but then like that that's what the triangles are for so that he's he's taking weight out like you know in the chunky parts of that you know that bracing right but what i mean is the piece of wood mm. that's touching the top mm. is bigger mm. because i've seen the inside of kamaka the, th the three strips of wood that mm. they tend to brace kamakas with is pretty thin yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and and to me, I think that and where he's placing them in the vibrational pattern of a top is mm. what actually helps. But there's more of even though the brace itself becomes lighter because he's taking the, mm. the pieces of wood out. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's possible that the bigger square footage of that piece of wood touching the top. Yeah, no, but is partially what mutes that. But like that touch and it's go touch system and release, yeah. that. Yeah. Or touch and release touch, system yeah. um, there. The actual surface area that's touching. They, there's like relief on it so yeah. that not the whole bottom of the brace is oh, that's what that's what the true true bracing is yeah. touch and release okay like ukulele like or something touch oh and that, that's something. what it yeah tru yeah, yeah tru yeah. so today i learned something yeah so that's yeah. so although it is thicker it's you know it's a touch and then release because he's talking about like uh a lot of the builders think about the the x and y axis but then he's doing it with x y and z which is like the you know it, it kind of the top to up. bottom yeah yeah, yeah. so mm -hmm. He does that, you know, to to make sure that it's not just like a fat piece of spruce yeah. that's, you know, that's kind of holding it together or whatever. But that too, like I said, with the, you know, with the triangles, with the holes, um, that's kind of reducing weight on that as well on, on the chunkier side. And I think with the um, uh, with the platinum from this year, even more so, they're putting not only triangles on like on the beams and stuff, but I believe they're taking it out on the on the flatter ones, putting like triangles 
on the flatter ones to take out weight on that as well. Oh, interesting. Too. So it's, it's pretty, a pretty light bracing system, actually. Mm. Yeah, although it, it seems, you know, it seems thick and stiff, it's, it's actually quite light. And that, that just kind of goes back to Izzy's question, though, right? Like, mm -hmm. where it's uh, Joe can have the same piece of wood, like, even from the same tree f as another builder, but then their ukuleles can come out sounding completely different. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, could be, it could be, like, like you said, from the same exact tree, built the same exact way, from with the same exact, you know, guys or whatever. Because it's like, it goes through a bunch of different hands. It's still going to be different. Like, yeah. yeah. Like where they source the material from, yeah. and if you take the builder, two, it's a, you know, yeah, and if you a, take two matching tops mm -hmm. and give them to two different builders, mm -hmm. you're gonna get a very two very different mm -hmm. ukuleles, yeah. most likely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not you know, um, not to go off topic and stuff, but I I follow like Kanilea on uh, on Facebook, mm -hmm. and they posted something I think like last week or the week before about like new Brazilian rosewood sets that like that they have in, in stock. Oh, I think now. I did I'm see like, that. Oh snap! I'm like oh. Okay, so if you guys want Brazilian rosewood sets, Cotnilea has them. You can, <laughs> With you the can pay that price. Yeah, yeah. You pay that price. So go ahead and mortgage Ooh. your house. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But it's it's there. It's it's available. <laughs> but ethically sourced though, right? Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What we were talking about uh, with Joe. So. Yeah, yeah. So, he has yeah. he has all the certification papers mm -hmm. for yep. it. Yeah, well, if it's so Brazilian, I mean, it's still from the pool that left Brazil before yeah. the embargo. So yeah, it's I, you know. Maybe we might have to do another podcast with Joe, right? Because like Joe did say, people come down and go, "Oh, you like buy my core tree?" <laughs> <laughs> so maybe somebody came down in their truck and, "Oh, you like buy some Brazilian rosewood?" <laughs> uh, yeah. If someone uh, randomly no. had a whole log of Brazilian rosewood yeah. somewhere, that'd be kind of amazing. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's the back of a truck. You know? <laughs> yeah, Wait, but what, I was like, what? What is this? I, you said this is Brazilian rosewood. This looks like wood with roses on it. <laughs> yeah, from from Brazil. From Brazil. Yeah. So um, I, I, that's that's what I think. You know, they they do have certain characteristics that's you know that's unique to uh, to that brand. But you can further customize that sound by you know by picking the different woods and stuff. But it's generally going to be about not the same, but it has the same kind of characteristics. Yeah, yeah I mean, the, most builders have. I mean, if you're going to get into building in mm -hmm. the first place, you kind of have a sound in your head. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And you work real hard mm -hmm. to figure out how to build an instrument that creates that sound. Mm -hmm. You know, anything that's a variation thereof mm -hmm. still comes from that that core yeah you know so let me ask you something okay okay as uh, and and you don't you don't got just say what's in your heart <laughs> all right so what if if uh if say a tourist comes inside your store okay right and you're trying to sell them you know an, an ukulele what type of uke do they usually gravitate towards uh price not not a factor so if they come in and say like I just like, want I have a billion dollars I can mm -hmm. buy but I want to just buy one, which one do they usually go for? You can say brand, you can say wood type, whatever. Okay, Mr. Zuckerberg. <laughs> <laughs> and he has come in, right? He, well, no, not to, to Scotty's. He came into yeah, the other store. Wow. And but funny enough, he didn't actually buy the super expensive one. Mm. I mean, he bought a nice Martin. Uh, it's <laughs> yeah, like a D6. Like Mark, come on, man. <laughs> it's like a D16. Yeah, so we're okay. talking. I mean, it was like an eighteen hundred dollar guitar, mm -hmm. but you know. It's just the one that he liked the best. So yeah. 
that's kind of a complicated question because everybody has different sound. Everybody. Right. right. So the first thing. So my process. But like say say like nine out of ten, like or you know, or the most that people go to. Okay. Nine out of ten, they're gonna go if they have lots of money. They want to get a high end ukulele. Um, first, it's probably going to be a tenor, more okay. than likely. Okay. We sell more tenors than any other size. Okay. Hmm. Um, at our particular store, mm-hmm. I mean, Connie Leia does sell quite well. Mm-hmm. The three that we really do are uh, Connie Leia, Kamaka, and Island ukuleles. Mm-hmm. So if we get to the point where, like, I want something made in Hawaii. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Check that box. I want something that is all koa, mm-hmm. which uh, you know isn't for, isn't all because, like for instance, the Kanilea ohas are not all koa; they are mahogany backed and sides, mm-hmm. which are still great ukuleles, and actually they're one of my favorites in the whole line. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Island Ukuleles does make all solid mahogany ones too. Uh, so it's fi- find the right size first. Usually, it's a tenor. Mm-hmm. Um, so usually people who are walking in, they usually buy a koa tenor of some brand that's usually somewhere between like a thousand and sixteen hundred dollars. It's uh, anything more than that, then they usually start to get real specific. Mm-hmm. Like they came in looking for a specific model of oh, something, okay. or um, yeah, they didn't know anything about ukes. Like if yeah. they don't know anything yeah. about ukes, then my my strategy is just find the mm-hmm. the template for what they want. Mm-hmm. And then put the different brands we have in their hands yeah. and see which one mm-hmm. pops to them. And there's, there's sometimes there's lots yeah. of other side factors you ask when you're making a sale mm-hmm. like that. For example, um, some people are like, I just want one made in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So that's all three. Right. But sometimes we say like, are you interested in something that was actually made here on this island? Mm-hmm. And that's where Raymond Proposal's Island Ukuleles actually mm-hmm. sells really well. Mm-hmm. Because for some people... The idea of maybe Kauai is their favorite, you know, island to vacation. And we've had that many Mm -hmm. times. And so the idea of having an ukulele made for them or that was made here on on this island from wood that was harvested on this island is very, very appealing to them. So that's Mm -hmm. where, honestly, that's where we end up sending a lot of Raymond's ukuleles is people are like, do you have anything made here on Kauai? Mm -hmm. Um, If that's not where they're going... uh, Kamaka or Kanilea, and then the other the other one to think about is uh, usually ask if if the people are collecting because they're interested also in the long term history of the instrument. Mm. If they if they are, and some people are, you know, Kamaka becomes very popular at that mm-hmm. point because mm-hmm. with 105 years of of history, you know, they are. I mean, as I say, they're the only original one left. Mm-hmm. Every other company that was around making ukuleles and that when they started doesn't mm-hmm. exist anymore. Mm-hmm. They they went through that typical, you know, my sons will build. <laughs> my grandsons, maybe they'll build. Yeah, yeah. My yeah. great grandsons, they really Probably. want to do something. They want to do something <laughs> else. Well, I mean, if you yeah. look at all the original guys like Manuel Nunes and mm-hmm. Jose Espirito Santo, their mm-hmm. businesses, their ukulele businesses didn't survive past their sons pretty mm-hmm. much. Mm-hmm. You know, because really by the third generation, mm-hmm. the kids are like, oh, I don't want to do this, dad. <laughs> yeah, that's all I hear all day. Yeah, oh, you know, all I hear is the sound of wood and sawing. I, and I, the- oh, I hear you talk about it and I hear <laughs> grandpa talk about it too. <laughs> I, I want to be a dancer. <laughs> yeah. I want to be something good like a CPA. <laughs> you just don't understand me, dad. <laughs> yeah. You watched Hamilton, you'd be inspired too, dad. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I mean, that's why, like, for example, the two I think of is 
uh, Kamaka ukulele mm -hmm. and Martin guitars. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's amazing that you have one family-run company that has actually stayed in that mm -hmm. family, kept going for mm -hmm. all these generations. I mean, the grand dame of it is Zildjian cymbals. Mm -hmm. Now, for all of us who's played in band, we know what Zildjian cymbals are, but a lot of people don't really realize how old the company actually is. <laughs> Zildjian cymbals is like, the, the first Zildjian cymbal company was started in about 800 years ago. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. People like drums. <laughs> People like drums. People like, and it started in Turkey because yeah. Zildjian is a Turkish name. And mm -hmm. the, the ancient Turks were actually some of the best with metalworking. So the original symbols mm -hmm. came out of that. A lot mm -hmm. of the original symbols came out of that era mm -hmm. and that area. And somehow it's that company has literally stayed in the Zildjian family for. Really? Almost, it, yeah. yeah. It's, wow. I mean, the guy who runs it even now, uh, uh, Craig Zildjian. He's literally like the like ten times great grandson of the guy who the first Zildjian the started that company. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. So Kamaka cool. is Kamaka the longest continuously building no. builder? That's Martin. But I thought that Martin stopped their ukulele production. As I understand, at, Martin at never point. stopped it as far as like you could always get one. Yeah, you could like special order. You could, you could yeah. always you could always at least special order them. There was always available mm. all yeah. the models and everything mm. like that. So at any point in their history, you could you could always call them up and say, "Hey, I want a, this model." Yeah, you could always get it. But they didn't have production line. They didn't have production of it. But mm. the fact that they still had all the molds and everything ready to go. Yeah, yeah. That's why mm -hmm. I consider them the longest running one uh -huh. because there was never a point in their history where like you could call them up and like, "Oh, we don't build those." Yeah, yeah, we don't do that anymore. We don't. We don't do that anymore. Yeah. So, so Kamaka is kind of like the might might be considered the one with the longest running production of like yeah, absolutely. Like Kamaka, yeah. well, Kamaka and ukulele two. specific, right? Yeah, yeah. ukulele. They're the long, the oldest and longest running Hawaiian ukulele company. For yeah, sure. definitely. Mm -hmm. And they're the longest running ukulele company as far as pretty much as all they produce, and it's always been the production of what they do. Mm. There's definitely been times like around i want to say like the 40s mm -hmm. the 30s into the 40s and then like the 60s into the 70s that martin was only doing ukuleles as like a special order thing yeah but it is like i said it is that sort of thing like if you ordered a martin catalog no you wouldn't see it in there mm -hmm. but you definitely could call up the factory and say like hey can i get a this yeah can i get an all mahogany mm -hmm. tenor oh yeah yeah we'll build that for you it cost you this mm -hmm. uh -huh. you know <clears throat> so i mean it, when you come to all those type of things, that's what appeals to certain people, mm -hmm. you know. And I also make this com uh, comparison a lot um, because it's true in the guitar world too. Mm -hmm. uh, the two big ones I think of is Kamaka and Kanilea. Right. And I think of if you want a Kamaka, that's like if you want a Martin guitar. Mm -hmm. You want the old school. You want the mm -hmm. you want that that history. Mm -hmm. And for some people, buying an instrument that the company has this wide, varied history mm -hmm. is really appealing to people. Kanilea mm -hmm. is like Taylor. Mm -hmm. They're the newer guys on the on the Good block. Analogy. They're trying different new yeah. things. But they, yeah, but they're yeah. trying new. They're trying different things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and also the the thing I think that's really important to think about when it, and this goes back to the construction of an ukulele, mm -hmm. right? The construct the kamakas and kanilea sound really different, I in my head always. Mm -hmm. But if you think about it too, it's based on the sound that was prevalent when the company started. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when you think when Kamaka was started, 
which is 1916, but obviously Sam was building before that. Mm -hmm. But what was what was the ukulele music of at that time? What was it being used for? All very traditional Hawaiian music a lot types. Of yeah. yeah. So that high mid range you got to cut mm -hmm. through because mm -hmm. maybe you didn't have a microphone or anything like that. So mm -hmm. if you got an upright bass player and a guitarist, yeah, that's a cut. you're gonna get yeah. drowned out. But that high mid range that you still hear in the mm -hmm. kamakas. Now, when Connie Leo was getting started, do you know what year he started? Oof, 90s? Yeah, 90s. Yeah. So mm -hmm. what was the realm of the ukulele at that time? The sound of it was... The, so when Joe was even learning how to build and then deciding on mm -hmm. what the sound he wanted for his ukuleles, right? The sound of, say, like an anti-Genoa or something like that probably wasn't what he had in his hand. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He was thinking of like maybe like Capenna. Uh, yeah. Or uh, mm -hmm. was Pure Heart happening? I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, they were, they were. So we're thinking about like That's more. Two, 99, 2000. Yeah, so we're yeah. thinking about more modern sounds. Mm -hmm. And I think that influenced how Joe, mm -hmm. when he was building <clears throat> to get the sound out of his ukulele. So again, that's more like Taylor and Martin. Martin starts in like 1863 mm -hmm. in, in America. He started <laughs> with uh, Lonnie Kai, Joe Souza. He did? Yeah, he started building for Lonnie Kai. And I think after that, that's when he started um, building Kanilea ukuleles just out of his like. His garage. garage. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, cool, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very common it's a story. Cinderella story. <laughs> <laughs> Ukulele is in garage <clears throat> building. It happens. You know? Yeah. Um, and, and so that's how I think about it. You know, Taylor didn't start until probably the 80s. It was American Dream Guitars mm. before that, but somebody else owned the company. Mm. Oh, and Bob Taylor ended up buying that. That's how I got the name for that newest the new um, line. The new line. Of, he mm. was going back to the original shop that he worked in. Was it called Cody? <laughs> American American <laughs> Dream. <laughs> That's American Nightmare. Sorry. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, but yeah. So the his, when when Bob started to make guitars and his own version of Taylor guitars, the the landscape of the mu of music was really different. Mm -hmm. And so probably the the requests he was getting, like, oh, we want the guitar to sound like this was very different than in 1863 when yeah. Christoph mm -hmm. Martin first came to America. You, you know, mm -hmm. you think about what what they might have must have been asking for. It would have been all. Like, I have to. I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> Let like, me make guitars for cowboys. That's who I'm going to make guitars. it for. I mean, that was a lot of it, you know, mm -hmm. and, you know, uh, you know, or European type folk music, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot. All those things go into selling an ukulele to someone mm -hmm. that they'll be happy with yeah you kind of answered like if somebody came in he said like you know uh i money isn't a issue mm -hmm. uh, and i i want like a very specific ukulele but what if somebody came in and they're mm -hmm. like nothing i I, <laughs> I haven't played ukulele before i have no experience with any instrument uh what is like what would you say is the good starting range of like a price for a ukulele that you can recommend that mm. they'll know that they'll get something that they'll be happy as a player, you know? Okay, so that depends on the size they end up picking. If they want, if they're okay with a soprano size, if they fit a soprano, now that's my big first thing, as I said. I have them hold different ukuleles and have them make a couple of chords. The G7 chord is typically my test chord. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's a chord you use a lot. And if your hands are too banana hand for a soprano <laughs> you try and play a g7 your mm. fingers are going to do this you know mm. not real comfortable and the thing would be that that's really never going to go away mm. you know mm. if, if that's how your hand is at the beginning 
you're never going to be able to practice your way into like skinnier knuckles. <laughs> so, so it's really important. So if you're starting with soprano, I would probably say anywhere between about 50 to 100 bucks, you can get a decent one. If you move to the, the later half of that, like 75 to 100, you'll definitely get a really good starter soprano. Mm-hmm. Um, at the $50 range, you're going to get like a Macala or something like that, which are good ukuleles. The only thing you got to watch out with Macalas in general is futz with the tuners first. The, is it like a lashback or something? Sometimes they do. Sometimes they just don't <clears throat> hold at all mm. because they are the least expensive ones. Mm-hmm. Could you like tighten up the screw for that or? Uh, not Some. on those because that's the one that's because that's the one with the rod that goes through. So there's no tight. I only have a hundred dollars, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> well, then you then you can do something like the KA twenty uh, KA twenty S, okay. which is like we we sell them for like seventy five bucks. And right now that's the one I showed you with the burled Mara- the Philippine mahogany one. Yeah, yeah. And that's like seventy five bucks. Mm-hmm. And with with a bag and a tuner, we always, we can get people out for like a hundred bucks. On that one. Let's see Mike, everybody. <laughs> Please. <laughs> um, concert, I would probably say somewhere between maybe like $65 and $110 is that range. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And for tenors, you're probably looking at maybe $75 to $120. Nice. Yeah, those would be like Macalas and stuff like that. And I'm also thinking, also when I quote you these prices, I'm not thinking just of the ukulele. Usually I tell people, you want to get something to carry it around in, obviously. Otherwise, you're going to look like a hobo. And a tuner. So if nothing else, you should leave with the ukulele, a tuner, and a, bag, a, a decent mm-hmm. bag to carry it in. Mm-hmm. Um, usually, we have printed chord charts and things like that that we usually just give to people mm-hmm. to go along with it. Usually, courtesy of Ukulele Underground. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> we stocked you up. <laughs> so... Um, th- th- when I say, you know, uh, that hundred dollar price for a soprano, I'm thinking that's with everything. Oh, so you can like walk out with everything. Gig bag and two. Yeah. And now, obviously you can stuff. go a little bit more than that. If you get the mm. 70, uh, the $75 soprano, then yeah, you know, it maybe mm. you reach into like 110 ish. Like yeah. yeah. If you want to do a hard case, that's a little, you want to add usually about 20, 30 bucks more mm-hmm. and then you can move to like. The, the typical hard foam cases mm-hmm. that a lot of people really like. Mm-hmm. Um, do you guys still sell those like old school, like the press board ones? Yeah. yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah. yeah press board yeah. cases? No. It, was, it was basically oh. like, yeah, cardboard. Cardboard, <laughs> cardboard with fake leather <laughs> stapled got, to I it. Yeah. I want one. Oh, so I have I mine like, somewhere. So that I could decorate. I have a couple. I yeah. Have, I, it's not like I don't have any, but I kind of want one just to like, just, just fuck around with it. Yeah. It's funny how we're Aaron's all. looking. <laughs> It's funny how we're all nostalgic about this case, and it's yeah. not good. <laughs> no. it's, like, it's like the new Game Boy for me. When I, I just want, like, want to mod it. Instead. Like, I don't want to do stuff with it. The, gonna... one, the one Kamaka I do have is in a case like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, yeah it, it is real nostalgic. Although, yeah, it's terrible. If you have a nice ukulele in one of those mm-hmm. cases, please get another case. Like I want to rig it so like when you open it, like a, like a there's like a video screen. That I just, <laughs> like... Plays. Oh, oh yeah, okay, okay. Oh snap! <laughs> so here we go. This is what we're talking about. So this is uh, what kind of case is this? Pressboard. Pressboard case. Yeah. I, oh snap! This is. I can't. This is old school. This is what. Yeah, they with the stitching to... on the side. Yeah. Yep. yep. Do, okay. <clears throat> do you know, Mike, if they still use like these types of cases in schools and stuff, mm-hmm. though? Uh, it depends on when they got the ukuleles. Like for instance, I believe. 
I actually do believe the ukulele is at like Crazy. the the Kapa <laughs> Elementary had, and then Kapa Middle School had had these cases. Yeah, mm -hmm. with yeah. kamakas in them. Yeah, yeah, because that was at the very end of that time when kamako was really selling for cheap to schools uh -huh. for stuff like that. I mean, they may still do that, but I don't hear about mm -hmm. it as often. But like like Kapa Middle School and Kapa uh -huh. Elementary School, God, I remember when I was mm -hmm. a. This is in the 80s, so of course it was a long time ago. But they had an ukulele band run by Mrs. Diane Harita, and they sold us something like 50 Kamaka wow. HF1s, and it was like $15 each or something. Oh, man. Vintage. Yeah, that's what they would do for school. You call me? Oh my, people are uh, they're drooling right now. Yeah. They're like, oh my gosh. When you, were you, when you were you born, you I might have even missed just, this. Here, you're making our audience mad. <laughs> $15 kamakas. 15 Yeah, that's what I said. $15 oh, kamakas. I think they're 50 you know, oh, Yeah. 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 So, but it was, a, it was a school deal they would do. Mm. So they would send you like, yeah, they sent us like 50 of these. In the cases mm -hmm. for like yeah, fifteen bucks each or something. It was something. I was nervous because there's a there's like a, an address here, but, but like, it's the yeah, ukulele it's underground, underground address. address. So, it's <laughs> so is it not is it not even the ukulele? The is it the old office or is it like a PO box? No, no, no it's that's still, it's still that's, ukulele yeah. address. That's yeah. what we use. <laughs> yeah, but um, I had uh, the one that I have has like the the puffy yellow, like you know. In, oh, in, that yeah, yeah, fancy, upgrade, fancy. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So what my dad would do. Is he would just take like a aloha print, you know, like um, uh, like cloth Material. and whatnot, yeah. yeah. And he would, you know, he would cut it out, put it in here, and and he would, uh, you know, he he would like stitch it in for me. So like when when you opened it up, it's like this nice, nice. aloha print inside. Oh. It's like oh snap, you can see the coolest, cool kid in school back I, back in the day. I thought so, it was yeah. I thought it was more for tips. <laughs> I mean, you know, you could, but yeah, like. If if you open it up and rig like a nice little LCD screen right here, that would just, that would just play. I that, that would be pretty cool, I think. I do. I, I, I like I, making random cool tip jars mm -hmm. for people. I just made one for I just made one for Dondi. Oh yeah. Out of an old ukulele. Mm -hmm. so, I, oh, go ahead, Kai. Oh, I'm I'm too far away from that case, but I feel mm -hmm. like. Those cases always have a smell too. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> Very specifically, right? It's, the, it's the lining. About this, about yeah. I don't think there's Same. any way to get away from yep. it. Yeah. And, and it's I think, that glue. It's the, yeah. And I think I, it's the glue, but it's also the, the that felt material mm, that they mm. use on the inside. Mm -hmm. I think I didn't realize that instruments don't smell like that until I went to the mainland and went to a music shop in the mainland. Mm -hmm. And I opened up like one of their guitars that they just got in. And it's like, oh, it, it doesn't have that, but kind of moldy smell. Like, uh, yeah, that's honestly, that's the smell of Hawaii. <laughs> like, because the, cause the humidity level yeah, is so no. high that with, especially with air. all these old cases, mm -hmm. they're felt. A lot of it is like mm -hmm. a felt of mm -hmm. some kind. Felt holds on to moisture and mold <laughs> and mildew very easily. That's why, unfortunately, with a lot of old instruments, that's why you smell that everywhere mm -hmm. with them because they're cases. Mm -hmm. Just hold, and then if you keep the instrument in the case, eventually that smell transfers to the instrument, mm -hmm. and then it's hard to get rid of it. I always thought, I mean, I, I'm a fan of like the smell of you know like of of wood and instruments in general. Like back then, and I stopped doing this you know a while back. But back then, like when nobody would be like looking, I would go inside like and smell inside the, <laughs> the, the sound hole because it's just like 
Just that smell nice of fresh cut wood. Yeah, I, fresh cut wood, man. You're it smells an good. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But then I would just get looks at the music closet. Ukulele sniffer. Here he is again, Mr. Smith. You just do that and start like plucking a string. Yeah, like, so it sounds like you're really trying to listen. Uh huh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think. But it smells really good. Like I like fresh cut wood. <laughs> I think we should add that on to like we should make a blog post every mm-hmm. month where you rate uh, ukulele smell. <laughs> Yeah, this yeah. one, uh, seven out of ten. Rosewood I think. could not smell the roses. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't. Um, it was Eddie Finn ukuleles. Yeah, there was a smell yeah. that in they it. would add an yeah. artificial smell to it, like, like a pineapple. Yeah. Like, pine or... Really? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, that's weird, but that's also kind of genius. Yeah. yeah, it's cool, man. They were it's thinking cool. on a different level. But then again, it masks the smell that I like. Yeah, which, which is, is a big the, fat. Which is yeah. <laughs> which is the wood. I think so. Well, I think everybody here, right, can, or at least for me, such a vivid memory is going to band class and everybody opening up their instrument case and just yeah. that smell like permeating <laughs> yeah. the yeah. room. Yeah. Of yeah. like stale oil. And- <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Greased yep. cork. <laughs> yeah. Yep. All that stuff like that. Yep. All right, Kahai, next question. Uh, yeah. Oh, it took us 40 minutes to answer the first one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, mine's oh. the second question. Oh, that's true. Yeah, so. Well, I, I wanted to, before we kind of leave this completely, I yes. wanted to say, so what would you say for somebody who's like, I want, I'm going to save up for an ukulele, what would you say they should save up for, like, where they don't have to worry about, you know, hmm. well, I want to get this, but, you know, I want it to be good. What's, like, a decent range to aim for? Okay. So it depends. The... So the I'll just do it in the easy question. Three easy categories. Not Hawaiian made. Mm-hmm. If you want something really nice but not Hawaiian made, that or that's not a really thing for you, probably about five hundred bucks. If yeah. you get five hundred bucks, you can probably get a really nice kala or an islander or mm-hmm. Leolani or any of those, kumus, they all fall into that category. Mm-hmm. If you're trying to do Hawaiian made, you should probably like I'd probably have to say two thousand bucks, yeah. And really, so that's nice just set. because yeah. you're going to give yourself a little room on the top. Mm-hmm. Because I, part of me wants to say fifteen, but then while I definitely have Kanileas that skate right under that, I mean, and like I said, the Ohas would come far under that. But like the decent K ones and stuff would all be just starting to push to that fifteen range. But if you want like a Kamaka, Kamaka's retail is like just above that, like fifteen fifty. Right. So I would so I would probably say two thousand dollars would be a good place to be f- if you want like a a nice off the wall Hawaiian made one. Is that mm-hmm. HF three? Is fifteen hundred dollars now? Yeah, jeez. Fifteen forty nine at most okay. places. So I can't afford any of these. <laughs> so it's about what is it a thousand times what you guys could buy before fifteen dollars? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Terrible. Well, when yeah. I um, I bought mine in ninety. 98 my my kamaka ukulele and that was at um the one down here larry's larry's music it was yeah 1998 four hundred dollars 416 with tax mm-hmm. and i i, I, I have that i remember i remember when i was like a kid mm-hmm. in uh uh, like the the mid '80s, mm-hmm. you could buy them at Longs. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. So Kamaka you remember Kamaka yeah. was oh, at wow. Longs. So you remember the, the old <clears throat> Longs? We used to walk in, and then if you go immediately to the left, there was well, a the, the camera, the yeah. camera thing. So right in the middle of the cameras, ah. they used to have Kamakas hanging. Wow. Oh. And 
in like 84, 85, mm. you could get them for like 200 bucks. <laughs> well, back, yeah. um, my first Uke, that was what I would say 95, 94. I bought it at Gems. Yeah. $40. <laughs> for $40. $40 bucks at Gems. Yeah. I miss that store. Oh, yeah. That store had everything, man. That store, that store was just like the, we don't know what to carry, so we'll just carry it all. Yeah, it was kind of like a Woolworths. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's another store I miss a lot. Not so much for shopping at Woolworths, but the lunch counter. Dude, Australia still Australia, has I was just going to say, has Australia still Woolworths. has Woolworths. Yeah, I, yeah, we went to Australia. We're like, what is, yeah. what is this? Like, step, step back in time. Yeah. <laughs> Although so if you're in Australia, go get a fried chicken plate. From Woolworths. <laughs> it's not the same Woolworths. It's not the same, no. not the same Woolworths. But yeah. it is Woolworths. But it's yeah, not it's like the, Hawaii. It's kind of like you go to the mainland and you go to like the 7-Eleven. You're not going to get a musubi there. <laughs> That's funny. I had a friend just home uh -huh. and she was talking about, she brought a friend back from North Carolina right. with her. And she was like, I didn't understand how good 7-Eleven could be. <laughs> yeah, Because yeah. you know, in North Carolina, 7-Eleven is definitely the reputation you think of. Right. As like, oh, it's the dive, it's the dive yeah. convenience store. I, yeah. I have she that comes story. here and there's like spam recipes <laughs> and they're like hot food and they're actually kind of good. And they're like, she's like, what's happening <laughs> yeah. here? We were on tour and, um, and uh, the thing ended too late. And we were driving from like ba uh, Baltimore to like Where's, where did Deech live? Like Virginia or where, wherever he was he was from. But he was uh, driving yeah. from like uh, Maryland to maybe Virginia. Oh, and like uh, it was it was late. It was like past 12 and we were hungry because we haven't had, you know, we haven't had dinner because it was the it was the gig and stuff. And I'm like, Deech, can we just stop by like a like a 7-Eleven or something? I, I really need something to eat. And he's like, why do you want to stop at 7-Eleven? I'm like, uh, get some food he's like yeah i guess i guess they have food there and we go and it was like a rude awakening i'm like oh it's it's, this it's is. two hot dogs it's two hot dogs and an eight-year-old yeah. i didn't even know what it, yeah i was like it's like burgers and like aluminum foil and i just it was just so unappetizing and i'm like yeah, i don't i don't, I don't, think I, don't so. I bought something but i don't think I ate it, like all of it. I think I took like a couple bites. I'm like, this is not food. <laughs> but then I was also telling my wife, cause she came down from like California down here. And she's like, oh man, 7-Eleven is great. I'm like, oh, wait till you go to Japan. And like, you think this 7-Eleven is awesome? You go to Japanese 7-Eleven. It is like, I could just live there. 7-Eleven <laughs> <laughs> in Japan is like, almost like a real restaurant. <laughs> Bruh. Poof. Yeah. So. But yeah. You I, can like pay your taxes there too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah you the can. kiosks. From yeah. the kiosk. Yeah. And you, you could get like tickets to Disneyland, tickets <laughs> to like the Ghibli Museum, like whatever you wanted. 7 Eleven. Yeah. 7 Eleven and Lost. Everywhere right? else. You got to up your game, bro. Seriously. Seriously. <laughs> anyway. 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 You can anyway, anyway. pay my property taxes. <laughs> okay. Hi. Next question. Yeah. GM uh, earlier said, mm -hmm. um, so we we're talking about. Like your consideration for, uh, you know, the tone woods versus brand and makers and everything. Jim asks, I, I think he's asking, uh, how much should you consider that the woods will age into if mm -hmm. consider That's buying it or not? How much would I get? Um, I mean, you should you should assume that if you're going to a reputable builder, mm -hmm. the wood already is aged because. Mm -hmm. When a, when a when a when a luthier gets a piece of wood, they don't they don't use it right away. They shouldn't they cure it. They they, they, yeah. they got to cure it. They got to leave it in like a dry chamber long enough to make sure that really as much moisture as possible, mm. excess moisture, is pulled out of that wood. 
Otherwise, there's too much danger that if if you try and build any instrument out of brand new cut wood, there's going to be so much chance that it'll just warp mm-hmm. that you don't want to you don't want to take that chance. But um, but there is you know like a, once it's built and once you're playing it and all those like little vibrations you know like uh, it will affect the wood as far as sound and as far as age. Oh, goes. absolutely. Yeah. Um, and and the thing the thing with that would be is, I mean. The, the general principle is the same. The wood fibers start to shake itself apart a little bit because mm-hmm. of the vibration. And it just allows the instrument to vibrate more. And, you know, basic scientific mm-hmm. principle, the more vibration, the more sound. Mm-hmm. Now, the grain pattern and the grain structure of wood is different from breed, breed to breed. Mm-hmm. So that would change how certain woods age in comparison to other ones. Mm-hmm. I'd probably say that... Uh, if you have exceptionally hard, like harder woods, mm. it's simply just going to mellow it and make it a little bit louder. But uh, when you have softer woods, I think uh, with a lot of really old uh, spruce top instruments, I've noticed mm. you actually start to, that that top end really starts to kind of like not dissipate. Would it wouldn't be a good word for it, but it really starts to mellow that top end. If the brand new instrument had a real sharp sound mm. within the treble, it'll really start to disappear about 20, 30 years in because the, the, the wood will be, the wood grains will be so open that most of the vibration patterns that will be expelled through it will mm. be big, long ones, which means bass frequencies. Mm. Now, you have a few vintage ukuleles in your collection. So. And like, and some sopranos that like, that have no business sounding, <laughs> you know, sounding <laughs> as good as they do, but... Like that, it's got like a boom to it. Like that, mm-hmm. it I've never heard in any other sopranos. Like I have a uh, an old Martin, and it's it's like mahogany, and um, and I've never heard mahogany sound that good. <laughs> it's like how you know, old like is how, it? That's a good question, though. Um, I think seventies. It's not that. It's not like you know. Well, it, uh, also keep in mind too when we're talking about this, it is a big deal how much it's been played. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like. If you find me like a 1955 gold label Kamaka, but nobody's played the thing oh, yeah. since then, yeah, it's the it's, vibration. Yeah. it's yeah, it's not gonna, it's not really gonna sound mm-hmm. that different than a modern day mm-hmm. Kamaka. Yeah, but uh, you know, it's it's comparable to to that you know that Taylor that I have. Yeah, you know, it just kind of it vibrates and booms and stuff. Mm-hmm. That soprano has a similar you know sound. Like now that it's it's aged, I don't know, fifty years, I guess <laughs> at this point, you know, yeah, and um, and into like a like a Taylor tenor, <laughs> tenor, uh, tenor Taylor ukulele. So it's it's pretty amazing, like what age can you know can do, and also even just like the kamaka that I talked about, you know, yeah. I still have that four hundred dollar kamaka that I bought back in ninety eight, and the way that it sounds now, it's just it's choice, yeah. man. I played but, it recently, actually, it's on my wall. It's. And that's part of it, though. You played that thing. Mm. You played. Oh yeah, that was my Jesus that was my friend that in, in high school. So, that was just like no one wants to be my friend. Who <laughs> <laughs> calls my friend now? So, so would you ever? Friend, no. <laughs> <laughs> so would, would you ever suggest though that somebody like you know they're looking at ukuleles and they look at a ukulele that's like a solid wood ukulele, and they're like, I, I'm kind of on the fence about this, but maybe if I buy this and I hold on to it. It'll get better as I like mature it, or is should you just like only solid top, right? 
Solid, yeah, it has to be solid wood. Laminate yeah, woods yeah. can't do it. No. Laminate woods, I usually describe, laminate woods will sound pretty decent from the beginning, mm -hmm. but 20 years from now, they're gonna sound exactly the same. Mm -hmm. Literally, the only thing you can do to change the sound of a laminate wood ukulele is change the strings. Mm. <laughs> or you know, break it a little. <laughs> if you break it in the, the correct way, if you break it in the wrong way, it's yeah. terrible. I feel like but. we're modding a Super Nintendo. <laughs> yeah. But like, I mean, okay, I, I agree, and I've read all the stuff like about it, but I, I have heard like some old, you know, like some old ukuleles that are laminate that like honestly did, sound did better open than, up yeah, a little, opened up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. but so probably not as much. Change. Yes, yeah. not as much as if it was a solid wood, but there is a slight change to a is... if, if you play it enough. Mm -hmm. Do you think it's enough to warrant like an investment though? Like thinking like, I'm going to get this ukulele and eventually it'll get good. No. Well, I mean, I'd be the first one to say if if there's a solid wood ukulele, if you have two, a solid wood ukulele for like 500 and a laminate one for 200, and you hate the way the solid one sounds, no, save your money. Mm -hmm. Get the laminate one that you're happy with right now. Yeah, because it'll sound like that for a long time. Because it'll sound Forever. like that for a really long time. If you hate it now, the, the thing is, mm -hmm. generally, I don't think solid wood instruments, when they become... Mm -hmm. Older, I don't think they necessarily necessarily change the quality of mm. the sound. They just amplify the qualities there. So if you don't <laughs> like it now, it's going to be more of what you don't like in 20 years. And you'll have had to suffer all that time to play it that way. Okay, let's play word association. Okay. Um, describe each of the major ukulele brands with one word. <laughs> oh, that's tough. What? what? Just one word. So, describe it one word. Uh, what what are what what are you would you say is the name major ukulele brands like I don't know like um of course you start naming them uh, okay Koloha Bright <laughs> uh Kanilea Modern Kamaka History Kala Everywhere <laughs> <laughs> Makala Affordable Lanikai What <laughs> no way. <laughs> no, I actually Lanikai. I did full, full. Lanikai is the only one of the only major uh, lower end ukulele that I don't really deal with. Mm -hmm. We don't sell them at Scotty's, and we never sold them. Isn't at, it a Honer dealer? Uh huh. Because they're made by Honer, right? I think, I don't think we're I, don't, I think the only Honer thing we buy is like their harmonicas. Yeah, ah, I see, I see. yeah. We don't buy their guitars or their or basses or anything like that. So I, I, one thing I can tell you about. Mm. Lonnie Kai that I know for sure, they look pretty much just like Hollis. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, uh, have you had experience with like some of the others like uh, G-string ukuleles was popular? The old school one? At one, yeah. Easy, right? um, I, I've, I've seen a few of them. The only, thing, the only thing that sticks in my head aside from the obvious joke is <laughs> yeah. just the way Kelly Boy used to sound when he used to play him. Uh -huh. yeah, he that's, that's really about it. Kelly, uh, I think... Uh, James Hill also played a uh, G-string ukulele. Jody Kamisato used mm -hmm. to play a G-string ukulele. Mm -hmm. there, was, there was a bunch. Yeah. What about Sunny D's? Did... Oh yeah, you ever? No, I don't know that one. Yeah. I mean, I've heard of it. Obviously, yeah. I read about them in the magazines, but I've... I played a I played a Sunny D before. It's it's comparable to a Kamaka, a little bit like brighter. It's not as like, you know, like how Kamakas have kind of like a rounded tone to it. Mm -hmm. It's more like um, like brighter tone. With, with uh, sunny D. Like the highest cut yeah. a little more. Yeah, and the one that I played, I, I don't know if they're all the same. I've really only maybe played like one or two different ones and stuff. Intonation was was not that 
was not that great. The one yeah. that I played. It was, um, you know who had it? Uh, Daniel Cummings. Oh, okay. He had a Sunny D. Yeah. And I think yeah. Uh, at one point, Reese had it. <laughs> the Reese uh, Fabro. Okay. I think it was the same uh, same Sunny D, but I had a, um, I had another friend from a while who had a Sunny D that I played. And both of them, intonation was just a little wonky, but I don't know. I don't know if it's, you know, I've never, I haven't played enough of them to be like, yeah, that's, yeah. that's what it is. That's it's it's not definitive. What about uh, Ko'olau? <clears throat> Ko'olau is another Ko'olau. one. Uh, or Pono. That... Pono, uh, one Pono, word. I haven't really... Mm. <laughs> one word. I don't have enough experience with them. Okay. <laughs> and the only thing with, Ko, the only thing with Ko'olau, if I remember correctly, the only Ko'olau that I've ever touched or played is Abe's. <laughs> oh, and what do you think? So, I know. I mean, for him, it obviously mm-hmm. works amazingly, mm-hmm. and I think it it, it sounds great, played well, and everything mm-hmm. like that. But literally, that's the only sample size mm-hmm. I have of that. <laughs> one, one, yeah. A sample size of one, not mm-hmm. a great, not yeah. a good scientific, uh, not a good scientific form. Yeah, I tend to recommend like if somebody is looking into that like four hundred dollar range ponos. ponos yeah because yeah, yeah they're so not far, they're so not far made those in to be so far those mm. have seemed to be also really solid at their range yeah mm. because yeah. i mean those guys like you know at hawaii music supply like they sell ukulele's all the time so yeah. i think if they're gonna make a like a 400 mid-range one like they know exactly like how to make it sound really good for that price you know mm-hmm. and i think they've got it, that advantage well it helps it yeah. helps that all of the guys over there all play ukulele really well yeah but also have enough of a technical knowledge of how ukuleles are made, yes, so that they can make yeah. adjustments. You know, you know, uh, it, there's not as much of the trial and error thing happening there. Mm-hmm. Per se, it's kind of like okay, we know that if we lighten the bridge, we'll do this. We know if we bring down the bridge saddle, it'll mm-hmm. do this. You know, this kind of wood for this because mm-hmm. they've they've seen they've seen the the results of those type of things. Mm-hmm. Um, also, right, right in that three to four hundred, I'd probably say Kumu Ukulas is really, really good. Ooh. I do like those like a lot. I would say Ohana. <laughs> Ohana is also another. Uh, Ohana is a little too bright for me. <laughs> yeah, Ohana would be I, another I, I like one that I would also describe as everywhere. Oh yeah, I do see Ohanas Ohana. a lot, which I do like actually. When at my other music store, when when it was a a, a choice between. An Ohana ukulele and a Kala ukulele. Mm-hmm. I usually took the Ohanas. I yeah. kind of like the way they. I would. I would do the same. <laughs> they, they, I like the way they were built better. Yeah. So like when I bought my first tenor ukulele, my choices were either like a KAT standard Kala ten, or the TK ten, TK ten, which is the basically the standard both laminate mahogany instruments and stuff like that. And I chose the Ohana one, which I still have. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. There was just something about the way it felt in my hands. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the way it sounded that I really liked. But, of course, that's me. So, you know, any piece of advice I'm giving you here for everybody mm-hmm. listening, you know, mm-hmm. your just, your results may vary. Yeah. Your I, yeah, Aldrin would say uh, Islander <laughs> for that price range. It's, like, yeah, it's, it's pretty much... It's yeah. Pretty close to what, like, Kanileas sound like. And that's just what I go for. Yeah. I mean, there are some uh, Kalas that I've played that I kind of liked, you know? Like, yeah. um, the, the one... The one that kind of looks like like this, where like it's a slotted headstock and stuff. <laughs> Hate to say, kind of like it, you know. Kala, <laughs> and the one with the, the circles and stuff on the like the the inlay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. One, it's uh, acacia, like an yes. uh, acacia one. The one I liked that from uh, Leolani because I said spruce. Mm-hmm. Leolani does make one with a laminate ebony back and sides mm. and a solid cedar top. Mm. I had you play the concert one, remember? Yeah, yeah. 
It's not bad. That one, I really, and so the tenor one, we had like six of them. We blew through them in like two mm. weeks. <laughs> People just love them. So for not very expensive, because that thing only that thing mm. only went for like two hundred bucks. Mm. Uh-huh. So that was that was yeah. really good at that. I, I know we're out of time, but let me ask one more question. Sure. Is that cool? Um, and I'm sure the readers, uh, the readers, the, the listeners, <laughs> all want to all want to know. Uh, because you've worked, you know, around all these instruments and accessories and stuff. What is the coolest ukulele accessory that you've seen? Because we all talk about ukuleles and the sound and whatever, but what's a cool ukulele accessory? Because I, I haven't bought an accessory in a long time. What's a, <laughs> what's, if you were to sell me something, well, what ukulele accessory would you sell me? Like, Aldrin, this is a really cool, you gotta check this out. Hmm. Probably the, the, the most recent like, accessory thing I thought that I really like is the Leolani branded uh, pickup. Mm, so, what's what's with that? What's it with that? So pickup? it comes in a little case like this, okay. and it has a silicone stickum. Oh, okay. So it's an active print, and you just stick it right to the front of your ukulele, right behind mm-hmm. the bridge. Mm-hmm. But then, and there's like a metal disc that touches the wood, mm-hmm. and that's what actually picks up the vibrations. Mm-hmm. The cool part is it comes right back off, doesn't mm-hmm. mar your finish. Mm-hmm. You can literally stick it to anything that mm-hmm. creates vibrations. As long as the metal disc is touching it, mm-hmm. it'll amplify that. <laughs> so it can do guitars, it can do ukuleles. Banjos, whatever. Can it handle the dancing that I do on stage? <laughs> if it's if it can come off just as easily. It what doesn't. If, no, hula dancing on stage and stuff while I'm playing my ukulele. No, will it, will it come you, off? No, it's it's actually pretty well on. Oh, yeah? You actually have to turn it. So when you're pulling it off, you actually have to like give it a slight twist, mm. and then it comes off. Mm. But literally, we've stuck one on to the light and just done that with it. Yeah. And the thing just does not move. So okay. the only thing you would need is the cable. And if you run the cable through your strap, like yeah, you all cool. should. And how much? And how much is that? Like sixty bucks. That's not bad. That's not bad because you know there are some ukuleles that, and and I would probably buy that only because there are some ukuleles that I don't want to uh, to put pickups inside. I don't want to drill holes and stuff like this one. Pretty tough for me to uh, uh, that decision to want to to want to drill that hole, but I knew I wanted to play it on stage. Right. Mm-hmm. But I have uh, say like the D-shaped you know uh, sound hole from Kanilea that I have. Doesn't have a pickup. I also have the uh, the Olakaina ukulele that you know, that I got yeah, from doing this. Probably CD. never gonna drill. Yeah, I'm, no, yeah. I'm not gonna mess around with that sound. Yeah. That sound is awesome. I don't have you played that one. No, dude, I it seen. sounds amazing. <laughs> like, it's it's comparable to the. Uh, it's kind of like the Kanilea equivalent to that, like that Taylor tenor that you played. Oh, okay. Like, it rings out that much. It's so nice. good, and that's why if you look at my um my YouTube videos. It's, it's the one with all the always, carving writing. Right? Yeah, it's yeah. almost always in that because it's like one of the best, if not the best sounding Kanilea ukulele that I have. It's, you've got <laughs> I'll, I'll bring it by the store one. Day. Okay. Yeah, and um, and we so, have the pickups in the store, so you can take one. Yeah. Take so one. if 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 anything, that I would I would be sold on that. If you know, for for someone like me who's like, I don't really want to drill holes in, in some some of the ukuleles that I have because I don't want to mess with that sound. It might not you know might not make a difference. But in the off chance that it does, like I don't want to take that chance. You know? <laughs> so that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. And and any, any cool like uh, um, anything else cool about it? It's just like a stick-on pickup. It's a stick-on pickup, but it is an active one. It runs off of coin batteries. So, mm-hmm. so there is volume, bass, and treble oh, control. Oh, nice! Wow. Oh, really? That's, that's, yeah. That is cool. So you actually have EQ on the little pair. So it's wow. all your EQ is now right over there. Mm-hmm. And it's just, but is it sensitive? Sorry, sorry for cutting you off. But is it sensitive? Say, like if I if I run my fingers on the on the top, if you tap it, yes. If you mm. just were to like rub it like that, not so much. But that's that's more that's more of like a, like a closer to a passive. 
because the one I like about active pickups is that I can, you know, like do this or whatever, and it's not gonna affect, you know, like the the audience. Sure, they hear that tapping, and it's probably from my microphone and not from the pickup on this ukulele. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, what it is is, it, like I said, there's that metal disc in the middle, mm -hmm. and it's touching the uh, the top. Yeah, so, it's so anything that the forces the anything that uh, mm. causes vibration into the top of the ukulele mm -hmm. is gonna get picked up by this. So if you go, so if you go full jackhammer, yeah, there might be issues. How's this? I'll bring that. I'll bring that ukulele over, and we'll, we'll test it out. All right. Thing. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'll report back with my findings to you guys. But that's <laughs> coolest ukulele accessor. That is cool. I would. I would. Because uh, most of the other ones, I mean, at sixty bucks, that's a good. Yeah, deal. at sixty bucks, mm. it's a really good deal. Because everything mm. else is what, like tuners and stuff like that. But mm. I mean, like, I think a passive pickup, like if you, in one of those that you got to install and stuff, I think they start like hundred fifty bucks. Yeah, you know? yeah, maybe a little bit less depending on which one you get. Like if you get like, but the, you got to pay for like the K and K one spot, stuff, you know? and something like that's a little bit less. But yeah, it's although that would be like a piece of advice. Something that I'm learning too right mm -hmm. now is if you're interested in this type of stuff, take a class or something like that and learn how to do that. Yeah, or like say that that Martin that I was talking about, you know, yeah. like it's 50 years old. I'm not about to drill like a 50 year old ukulele, you know? No. So I think something like that would work. I might, I might come down and pick that up. That sounds <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, just come on down with an ukulele. You can put it on one and just test it through an amp and oh, see what it's Come on like. down where? Mike? To Scotty's Music. <laughs> where, where, where is this located? Right in Louie. Right across from Walmart. Look and for look the big for look for the big uh, Gibson Explorer looking sign. <laughs> and that's us. I look for Mike. Do you guys work on commission? I mean, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. so look for Mike. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah buy from Mike. Yeah, yeah. Specifically. <laughs> See a really pretty girl named Dondi there. Be like, hey, was, is Mike around? <laughs> oh. We love you, Dondi. <laughs> just, just tell her, hey, you sing Harry Styles real good. Now, where's Mike? <laughs> <laughs> you sing a good hallelujah. Uh, is Mike around? <laughs> yeah, we love you. We love you, Dondi. <laughs> All right, well, uh, that about does it for today's episode of the Ukulele on the Ground podcast. Kahai, is there any other business that we should attend to before we go? Uh, I think the solo is coming out tomorrow. Okay. We'll yeah. see. Hopefully. Cool. So, uh, new solo coming out tomorrow. Okay. We, we have a classic ukulele tune. Crazy G. Oh, okay. what? Spoilers for everyone who's out, who's ready to <laughs> do some learning. Crazy G coming out, uh, hopefully tomorrow. If not the day after, but you know what? We don't want to, we don't want to rush, like, we, we don't want to rush quality. You know what I mean? I mean, Mike, you, you only want to you only want to go fast when you're playing the song. Not yes. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Crazy G. That's actually I'll tell you this. That's out of I don't play ukulele very well, guys. Mm -hmm. I just play well enough to like demonstrate stuff. Mm -hmm. But if I would ever learn one mm -hmm. piece, cool ukulele piece, that mm -hmm. was that's actually the one I've always wanted to learn. So, so. There you go. Go sign up for UU Plus <laughs> and go learn it. Yeah, if you guys like uh, like this podcast, if you like the information that we're giving out, or if you just like us, if you like our conversations, um, the way to support this podcast and support this website is to sign up for UU Plus. UU Plus, you can take your ukulele playing to the next level. You can take some private lessons with yours truly. You can view tons and tons of uh, of awesome exclusive content over on UU Plus. Did you know that we had an ukulele on the ground university at one point? No. 
Yes, that is over on UU Plus. Uh, we <laughs> all did. the archives. And all the archives, weekly, kind of like a classroom. I had a whiteboard and everything. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> uh, so you can take ukulele 101, 102, 103, Hawaiian ukulele, blues ukulele, you okay. know? Like you can take all those classes. Music theory for ukulele, you know, like concepts and stuff. So uh, <laughs> We should just hire Mike to teach the music theory <laughs> yeah, class. We should. Yeah. <laughs> so we have we have all those over on UU Plus if you were, you know, if you've ever wanted to. Uh, to check it out and stuff, what sign up because um, if if you sign up for uh, for UU Plus, I think you get a trial period, so you can always just kind of look in there, see if you like it and whatnot, and you know, sign up for yeah, a private up, lesson. Sign up for a private lesson, and most most times it's like, yeah, why why am I not a part of this? <laughs> so much stuff. Yeah, check it out definitely, and um, yeah, we love you, and we'll see you next time. Stay safe, have a great one. See you tomorrow for a Law Friday Live Jam. Aloha. Thank you, Mike. Thank <laughs> you.